Welcome to the Lift Church podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you to live up to your God-given potential. Amazing. All right, why don't you stay standing? We're just going to pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence in this place. Jesus, we don't forget the sacrifice that you paid on the cross for us. And that's why we get to come into this place and God worship you. We thank you so much for your presence. Lord, I thank you for every person here that they are here by design. It wasn't an accident, God, but you've got them here for such a day as this, Lord. And so God, we celebrate everything that you're about to do, all that you've done, but what you're about to do in our lives, in our hearts. We give you all all the glory, God, in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can take your seats. Hello, beautiful people. Looking mighty fine this morning. I missed it. What? Oh, yeah. You're beautiful, Caleb. You know it. It's great. Awesome. So who here wants a bit of momentum in their life? Anyone? Yeah. Awesome. Well, you know, the way to get momentum in your life is through giving, right? right? Everyone goes quiet at that point, don't we? Don't we? Well, it's true. Every time I have sown, every time I have given, whether it's through my time, through my efforts, through my energy, through my finance, like Marcy said, that God promises an abundance for my my life. And and I I do got to say that that's not why I give. I give because I love Jesus and I love what He's done in my life. And it's through that thanksgiving that I give. And so this year, we are bringing back our momentum offering. We're actually going to be receiving it um, at the end of August, I believe August 19th. Yep. Great. Awesome. You're with me, tech team. They're awesome. Um, And last week, we actually outrolled this uh, to our church and and we announced the fact that we are believing for this year a hub, to purchase a hub. That's what we're wanting to do. Obviously, you see this venue here. This is not ours. This is the wonderful Kensington PCYC that we rent. Um, But we are wanting to get a bit of our own real estate. And we're really excited because this hub is going to allow us to just release more programs, more ministry that we can actually invite our community to take part in. And it's also going to bless our community because how many of you know that we've got some great lift groups happening? Yeah, we love our lift groups. Um, And we've got mums and bubs and we've got a youth ministry as well. And so the hub actually allows us to stop renting other places and to use that facility to run those programs. But as well, we have each and every one of you, I know you have initiatives just sitting there waiting for an opportunity to come out. Um, And so we are actually really wanting to have a space, a neutral space where our community can come in and make use of those initiatives that are happening already, but those that are about to um, be birthed through Lift Church. And so we're really excited for that. Um, If you didn't get your letter. We wrote you a personal letter, church. Uh, If you didn't get one last week, you can get one from any of our host team. They'll help you out. Um, Just ask them for one. Cool? Sounds good? Momentum offering. Everyone say it with me. Momentum offering. Wonderful. All right. So recently, um, God's been speaking to me about my dreams, my uh, just things that he put in me uh, when I actually was first saved. I think at 15, I properly got saved. Like end of year seven, I said the sinner's prayer, but 
I didn't really walk with Jesus for those couple of years. Um, And then at 15, I found the Lord, truly found Him, and then I got baptized. And and it was really awesome because I got um, baptized at, uh, not my previous church, church before that, and um, they have this cool little pool. And then what you do is you get baptized, get dunked, you walk out. Um, and then they had kind of this curtain where they had their prayer team. And what they would do is they get you um, in the middle of their little circle. It's not weird, don't worry. Um, and they would just put their hand on your shoulder, on your back or whatever, and they would pray. And I remember for the first time, God just giving me pictures and visions of what he wanted to do in and through my life. And it was so, so exciting. And the funny thing that probably struck me the most was that the one of the most vivid visions that he gave me was actually an area in my life, a, a weakness in my life, a huge weakness in my life, can I just say? Um, so God showed me this picture of me standing on a stage, on a platform, um, in front of thousands of people. It was an arena of thousands of people, microphone in hand, and I was telling them about the love of God. I was preaching Jesus to them. And I remember thinking in that moment, God, this is so exciting. This is incredible. I would love to one day do that. But the reality was, whenever there was an oral presentation at school, whenever there was a moment where I had to get up and speak in front of people, I would shake. How many shakers in the house? Do you shake when you have to? Yeah, I would shake. My mouth would get all dry. I couldn't actually get words out of my mouth. It was ridiculous. Um, And I would like literally, I would get up there and then I'd picture myself just making an exit, just running for the classroom door. And you know what, I think I actually did that once um, and I tried to cover it up as like part of my presentation just so I could run out and kind of like gather myself and then come back in and do what I had to do. But God showed me that dream. He showed me that vision because he wanted to encourage me that he wasn't finished with me yet. That there was uh, there were dreams that he wanted me to fulfill. There's a plan of God on my life and he wanted to take me through that. And can I just say that that wasn't just for me. And if you don't know Jesus this morning, that this can be for you as well. That your life can actually mean more than, than what it means to you right now. That the dreams and the visions and the desires that you have, that when God comes upon your life, that He takes those and multiplies them by a million, trillion, gazillion, whatever the biggest number you know is. That's the power of God. And so what God did for me, He put those dreams in my heart. And you know, in the beginning, I was so excited, but like I said, reality would hit. And it got so, so difficult to actually continue with these dreams to the point where whenever I was speaking, I felt like, God, how can it be? How, how are you able to do that through me when I'm so inadequate? When literally sometimes I can't even, I don't even have the words to say, let alone being able to get them out. And it led me to a place where I felt so stuck. You know, with athletes, how they have those starter blocks and and when the gun goes, they start and it's supposed to be, the start's supposed to be the best part, the most strong part. And I just felt like my start didn't have any strength to it. I don't know if you're here this morning and you feel like an athlete on the starter block and you just feel like, I've got nothing, God. You've put this dream, you've put this prize at the end of this race. But God, I can't even get off the starter block. Maybe you're here this morning and you feel stuck. 
maybe sometimes these things overwhelm you and you feel like literally you're in shackles, you're in chains. And maybe for some of you, you're at a point where you're anxious, where maybe you're depressed and you feel like you're stuck in a prison. This morning, can I tell you that God's not done with you yet? God is not done with you yet. Now, let's get into some scripture, hey? All right, so Genesis... There's this man in Genesis. His name is Joseph. Genesis 39, I believe it is. His name is Joseph. And if there was anyone who who understood what it was like to feel stuck, to feel shackled, it was Joseph. And the thing is, Joseph started off his life with a dream. I don't know if many of you have read about Joseph, but he started off, he um, had many brothers and he was a bit of a favoured child um, by his parents. And he started out with God placing a dream um, on his heart at the age of 17. And you know, the funny thing was, is that Joseph was very bad with stewarding this dream. He had this dream, right, where um, basically what God had showed him, and he gave him the dream twice. God gave him the dream twice just to say, hey, this is actually what's going to happen with your life. And so the dream went like um, there would be people that basically Joseph would be elevated to this position where people would bow down to him, where this whole nation, this group of people would bow down to him. And so he goes and is a bit of an idiot, let's just put it out there. He goes and tells his brothers, he's the youngest, and he says, guess what? This is what God has shown me. You are going to bow down to me. And, and even the dad, so back in those days, you would not say that to your parents. You bow down to your parents. They do never, they never bow down to you. And so Joseph said that to his brothers and, and he, he, the Bible makes it sound like he was very chuffed with himself. He had a great start with that, um, with that dream. But again, reality started to hit home where his own brothers, after he foolishly told them about the dream, his own brothers plotted to kill him, to actually take his life because they're like, nah, your younger brother, your little brother, there's no way that we are going to bow down to you. And so they plot to take his life, but one of the brothers, thank you Jesus for one of these brothers, he, um, he actually stops the brothers from proceeding with the plan and instead instead of killing him they just sell him into slavery like you know that's a better option um but apparently it was because we get to read about joseph's life so it is a better option so anyway so joseph he starts off with his dream in his life but immediately almost immediately he gets sold into slavery he knows what it's like to be a slave, to be chained, to have a dream in his heart, to have what it takes as well, because God gifted him with this gift that he would need to fulfill this dream, this gift of dream interpretation. And so he had this dream and he had this gift, but straight away he had chains. Straight away he entered into a prison. And so anyway, Joseph's story picks up and he finds himself sold to a, a nice boss. Uh, so he's still a slave, but at least he's under a nice boss. And so he gradually, as a slave, rises in the ranks and actually gets to serve beside his boss and look after this boss's whole household. And so Joseph is doing all right. He's starting to feel like the chains that, that first bound him as a slave, they're not so much there anymore. But you know what, what happens? His boss's wife goes to make some trouble with Joseph and basically blames him on, on trying, um, on, 
of trying to attack her and, and basically have an affair with her. Um, um, scandalous, right? For those of you who don't read your Bible, oh my gosh, you've got to get into it. So, so what happens is the boss's wife um, just lies about what Joseph's done, and so the boss, of course, is angry. Of course, you would be. And he throws Joseph in prison. This is where we pick it up in Genesis 39, verse 19 to 23. So the master and his wife were talking. As soon as his master heard the words that his wife spoke to him, this is the way your servant treated me, his anger was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in prison. Can I just stop right there? You know how sometimes where God repeats himself so many times in the Bible? He wanted us to make sure that we knew that Joseph was in the prison. Joseph's master took him and put him into prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. He was there in the prison. He wanted us to know Joseph was in the prison. Joseph was in this hard place. He was in chains. But this is where the game gets changed for all of us. It says, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favour in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison and again this favour of God comes upon him. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. Now, did you just catch what happened to Joseph? I think it's unreal. You know, because for me, whenever I was in that place where I felt like I was in a prison, where my dream was just so far away and I felt like I didn't have what it took and I felt like chains were holding me back, I didn't believe that God would come into that place with me. I believed that he was off there with my dream at the finish line saying, come on, Ben, you can do it. You're there on your own. I didn't know that God would come into my prison with me and not only be with me not only be with you wherever you are in your prison but he will actually give you favour in that, in that place now something that's pretty common in our world today I'm so glad that we're talking about it more and more it's the whole issue of mental illness and, and mental health and and recently, recently that, that uh, uh, generation of anxiety came, came, to, came quite, quite close to home, to home for me. And, and I, I um, was in a position where, uh, position where I get to care someone, someone who has struggles with anxiety and depression. And, and you know, for me, I started to get so, so frustrated with this person because I saw them in their prison. I could, I could see that they were chained, but there was more, more on their line than they could see. But they were there in this prison and that they, they couldn't, couldn't do anything in that place that they were, they were going to become ineffective by the God and, and I, got, I got so frustrated. But it was so true joy story story that the Spirit of God speaks to me and to me and said, you, you would be surprised where I will rock up in your life. You would, you would be surprised that I actually come into your lowest point, into, into the prisons of your life when you feel like you're chained, I'm actually there with you. I'm not afraid to, to, stay, to come into your prison. That doesn't freak me out. I'm actually bigger than that. You know, you know, and I said, 
started to frustration and I felt for that person and towards that person not to be honest, I was getting frustrated with them. But God, but God changed my mind and I began to say that, you know, you know what, God, if God, if you're not shy about, about being, being in this prison, then that's something that you can do in that space. That person, even though he didn't even know that shit right now, they're in their, in their, in their prison, God, you, you, you still have, still have a plan for them. You still, you still have a purpose for them, for them in that in place. place. You know, I don't know, I don't know, but you know, whenever I hear hard times and moms, whenever I feel like I'm in chains, or when I'm in a difficult, difficult place, I don't want to do whatever it takes to teach those chains off and to run out of that place. But can I tell you that God, he doesn't
So many people believe that he was born with this gift, right? But because he has a growth mindset, he believes that this gift can actually grow. Okay, so with a bit of um, practice. It doesn't happen overnight, it doesn't change. No, no. Just, just go with me on this. It doesn't happen overnight. But, um, but with a little bit of time, a little bit of hard work, Mitch can actually grow. And um, this, I'm actually going to just put this around here. Pretend that's a circle around me. Ah, <laughs> oh, beauty. All right, so my string's not working with me, but that's fantastic. So this string, if you can see it, it's just a string. You're not missing out on my micro. Um, so it represents the boundaries of Mitch's life. The thing is, when Mitch um, steps out of his comfort zone and he fails, the thing is, with the growth mindset, he doesn't see the failure as who he is or um, even a need to kind of draw a line in the sand and be like, okay, I'm not going to go and try that again. What he actually sees is an opportunity to learn and grow. And so as Mitch steps out of his comfort zone and tries something, maybe he falls flat on his face. You don't have to do that. Um, Please don't do that. Um, maybe he falls flat on his face and, um, and, and, and fails. But you know what? He's like, that, that's totally cool. My, the boundaries of my life are fluid. They're flexible. I can bounce back from that. No worries. And he steps out, he steps out, he steps out. And gradually, you know, he's making his way towards his dream. And so, Mitch, if you can stay in there, fantastic. That's good. All right, we're going to go have a chat with Robin now. Robin! Oh, I think I've just realised that I picked two very musically talented people. Her voice, am I right? Oh, my goodness. All right, so Rob's a little bit different. So what happens is with a fixed mindset, so with a growth mindset, born with natural gifting, talent, amazing, given by God, um, but you believe it can grow. Okay. With a fixed mindset, however, what we're born with is what we've got to work with. And so if Robin had the fixed mindset, you totally don't, just let's clarify. Um, but if she had the fixed mindset, she believed that she came out of the womb singing, amazing. Don't let yourself wander to that picture. Um, but she, she came out singing, right? She's got this natural gift, natural talent, but she actually doesn't believe that she can grow that. No matter how much um, time, energy, effort, no matter the amount of coaching, she doesn't actually believe that she can grow that. And so, Rob, if I can... So the thing is with a fixed mindset, what begins to happen is that the more and more we step out, the more and more we begin to step out of our comfort zone. Maybe we're happy at first to try new things, but the more that we step out and fail, the fixed mindset informs us that, nah, we're not good at that. That's not something that we should try to do ever again. Thank you, darling. And so what we end up doing is that we keep on drawing a line in the sand whenever we step out of our comfort zone and fail. It's like we've drawn that line and we say to ourselves, okay, I can never do that again. And so we try something else and then we draw a line in the sand there because we've stepped out and we failed because we don't believe that we can grow. And so I actually forgot to bring something this morning, but let's just use this. Sorry, the sacred envelope. So the thing is with a growth mindset, when we get the opportunity to pursue that God dream, when we get the opportunity to uh, 
Maybe for Mitch, the God dream is, what would the God dream be for being a musician? Not sure. Maybe it is releasing an album that, it, and a, a worship album, right? And that it gets released all across the world. These people who um, don't have church, these people don't have um, the opportunity to come and worship together. They actually get um, to receive this music and they can hear the love of Jesus through that way. Maybe that is the God dream. And so when Mitch has an opportunity, say a recording company comes to him and say, Mitchell, I've heard your stuff. I've heard that praise song. Song that you sung and it's amazing I want to sign you and I want us to create that album and I want it to go to the far corners of the earth what Mitch can do because he has a growth mindset is that he can step out of his comfort zone and he can take the opportunity and he can take that step closer to pursuing the dream that God has placed on his life let's give it up for Mitchell thank you Mitchell take your bow you can head off awesome but the problem is over here is that we've got a fixed mindset. We've got uh, the boundaries around our life are so tightly wrapped. We feel like we're chained. We're in that prison that we've been talking about. And so for Robin, maybe what's a God dream for you? What's a God dream for you? Same thing. Awesome. Okay, so the same opportunity comes along. You know what? Maybe there's a, there's a duo thing that you guys are going to do to release this album. Let's just say that. So that opportunity comes along. But because we've got the fixed mindset, because uh, this opportunity just feels like it's a little bit out of your reach, that maybe you've tried doing something like this before, you've stepped out, but you failed the first time, but you've let that dictate to you that you can never cross over into that place again. And then the opportunity comes. And before you know it, the opportunity is gone. Oh, that's the perfect. Yeah, you get this. Well done. Awesome. Let's give it up for Robin. You good? Let's shimmy out of that. Awesome. All right. I know that it leaves some stuff on you. I'm really sorry. <laughs> All right. So as you can imagine, as uh, Professor, I was about to call her pastor, um, Professor Carol Dweck, as she uh, uh, came to know about this, as she discovered this, um, what happened was she, she had to work out what, how we raise our children, any parents or any teachers in the house, how we raise our children to not have a fixed mindset so that they never actually live out the call of God or the dream that God has placed on their life. She needed to work this out and so that we could have children, that we can have generations. I love that in Joel, it says that young men, old men, young women, old women will all dream dreams, that God gives dreams to everyone, visions to every person. And so I love that she found out what that missing ingredient was for us to have a growth mindset to actually be people who can reach our dreams. And this is a completely secular study. Can I just put that out there? You know what she discovered was that it was faith. It was actually faith that got a person from being in a fixed mindset, from being in a prison, from being shackled and felt like they can't pursue their dreams, to being able to walk out of their comfort zone, to take on every opportunity that God presented them so that they could reach the dreams and live out the purpose that God placed on her life. She figured it out and it was faith. It was faith. 
That absolutely blew my mind. And so you know what she did was she taught the parents, she told the parents to not praise their child for getting the end result. But she said to praise your child for the fact that they can take on something difficult and stick at it. That's what she told them. It sounds a lot like faith, doesn't it? What's faith? Faith doesn't come in handy when we're going well, does it? It, it just doesn't. We don't really need faith for the good times, but we need faith in the difficult times when we're trying to hold on for dear life sometimes it feels like. That's actually when we need faith. But you know what, church? You know what we have that the secular world doesn't have is that we have a God that comes into our prison cell. We have a God who comes and is there with us and who puts his favor on us. We don't have to have faith in our own skills and abilities. You got to hear this this morning. You don't need to put faith in what God has given you in seed form, but you can put faith in a God who is there with you in the highs and the lows. You can put your faith in a God that has come to break you free out of prison. And you know what? It's not even something that you have to hope for because God already did it. God already did it when he sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sin. You see, the Bible tells us that we have all sinned, that we all fall short of the glory of God. What does that mean? That God had a divine purpose for us, but we all fall short of it because of our sin. That's simply what it means. And you don't have to feel condemned this morning because it's each and every one of us who needed this. But the thing is, we were all in this prison of sin. And what happens in a prison, if you're the prisoner, you can't get yourself out, no matter how hard you try, no matter how hard you try to break those bars, no matter if you try to pick the lock, you can't break free yourself. But it took a a jailer to come and get you out. And that's exactly what Jesus did. The Bible tells me that he not only set us free, but he actually came into the prison with us. And you know what he said, my child, walk free. I'm going to take this on for you. That's what Jesus did when he went to the cross. He took on our, our sin. He took, an, took on our shortcomings. He took on our chains in our prison cell. And he flung the door wide open so that we could walk free, even though we were the ones that had sinned. We were the ones that had fallen short, and he didn't. He was this perfect saviour. But you know what he said? Because I love you and I want you to live a life that's free. I want you to be able to pursue that dream of God on your life. I'm going to take your place. I'm going to take your place. You know, I heard something this week where uh, just listening to a podcast and the worship leader was saying that whenever she gets up to worship, the reason why she is so passionate, the reason why she loves what she is doing is because she goes up remembering what it was like to be in that prison cell. Christian this morning, I don't know whether you're here, but sometimes we get too comfortable knowing the happy, clappy life that we now have in God. But we forget that we were once prisoners. We forget that we were once shackled, that we were once chained, and that Jesus was the one that had to come and set us free. You didn't do it in your own power. You couldn't do it in your own power. But Jesus came and took your place. And this morning, if I can get the band to come up, this morning, 
I don't know where you're at. I see some new faces. I don't know you. I don't know your story. Maybe you're here and you're like, but Beck, you don't know the past that, that I've been through. You don't know where I come from. You don't know how inadequate I am. I don't need to know because I know that Jesus is saviour for all. I know that Jesus came into my prison and set me free, undid the chains on my life, and he can do it for you this morning. And all it takes is believing. The Bible talks about us believing in our heart and confessing with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus came, died on the cross for our sin, and got those keys that we needed to break open our prison cell, and he broke it open for us. That's all it takes for you to begin a relationship with God and to have Jesus as your personal Lord and Saviour. And so this morning, if you're here, we're actually all going to pray this prayer. And so if I can get all heads to bow and eyes to close for this moment. We're going to say this prayer together. Dear Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. For coming into my prison and taking my place and paying the price. I give you my life in exchange for yours. In your precious name I pray, amen, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, we would love to give you a gift. It's a Bible. I know it probably doesn't look like your traditional Bible, but I tell you, it's the Word of God and it is powerful. We would love to give that as a gift to you. And inside we have two, what am I meant to call them, booklet? Yeah, I said something wrong the other time and Pastor Nate kindly told me off. Um, (laughs) We've got two booklets in there to help you. One, the red one, Why Jesus? Can I tell you, you just got to know Jesus more. You've got to know who he is and what he's done for you because my little two minutes up here is not enough for you to understand the weight and the gravity of his sacrifice for each and every one of you. And so that booklet um, explains that. And then we've got one that we've created ourselves. Your journey begins because this morning, if you gave your life to Jesus, you are now a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. You have a new beginning. And so believing that, we put together this book and it's got some helpful tips and steps that you can take to actually embark on that journey. But right now in this moment, I'd love for all of us to stand to our feet. And this morning, I've asked the band to prepare a song. What's it called again? There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. I was, I was singing it all this morning and then those words just completely blanked. But we're going to spend some time singing that. But actually what I thought we could do is that we could, if you're comfortable, um, be praying for the person next to you. Because the reality is maybe you're not in a prison, but maybe you've got some chains. Maybe you've got some mindsets that need a change. Maybe you've got a situation that's currently holding you back, but God's saying, come on, I want to pull you out of that prison. You've learned all you need to learn. And so now it's your time to run. It's now your time to take that step closer to the dream I've placed on your heart. And so you might not be stuck, stuck, but maybe you're a little bit stuck. And hey, if you're pursuing your dream, fantastic. I love that. The person next to you needs your faith. And so if you're comfortable, why don't we just join hands? 
And you know, you don't need me praying up here, but I want you to exercise your faith this morning. Why don't you begin to pray for that person next to you? Come on, why don't we start to tell them that Jesus is in your prison with you. Jesus is there with you. Come on, why don't you begin to help break those chains free from them? Thank you for tuning in today. If you would like to find out more about Lift, check out our website at theliftchurch.com.au.